All right, Tim Blaine, Shapiro, Divorce661.com. We're back with the Divorce661 Daily Perspective, episode 22. Allergies are still killing me, if you're wondering. Last week really took its toll on me. Sorry, I have to move some things around here. Uh, really took a toll on me, the, the high winds and the heat. I had such bad allergies. I was out of commission for a couple of days, and I was just getting better over the weekend, and then here comes the winds again today, and my eyes are already watering. So I'm not crying. I am just having bad allergies. So I do a lot of videos. I had a consultation today. By the way, I had 12 consultations today. So thank you for everyone who uh, is looking to work with me. I really appreciate your support. But someone said, Tim, you do a lot of videos. How do you have time to get your job done? I said, the answer is working 12 hour days. And that's usually at least six days a week. I try and take at least Sundays off just to recover and get some downtime. But I know when you hire me, you want your divorce paperwork done. It doesn't matter how many people I'm working with. I want to get your paperwork done and your uh, case finalized with the court as soon as possible as well. All right, so here's the stats for today. 12 consultations, two new clients. People don't always hire us the same day, nor do I expect you to. Some people are more ready and willing and able to get the process started uh, immediately. Some need a couple of days, some need a couple of weeks, some a couple of months, and uh, I'm here for you when you're ready. Also submitted three judgments uh, today. We completed four judgment packages uh, and slash settlement agreements. Uh, again, start two new cases. We did two new quadros. I don't talk about that too often. Uh, started two new quadros today. Whenever you have a pension, 401k, TSP, 401k, TSP, deferred comp, anything like that, and you're going to transfer money or your spouse is going to get their community property portion or a flat fee from your or each other's plans, you need to have those divided. I'm going to be talking about uh, that in detail today. Um, we also handled three rejected judgment cases today, and these were some interesting ones I want to go over with you. So we're going to be talking about uh, long-term marriages. We're going to talk about how quadros actually work and how they're divided. We're going to talk about the court self-help center and some of the issues people are running into. Uh, we're going to talk about a better way to serve your spouse um, and uh, a whole lot more. So let's get into it. So what do I have for you first? Okay. I have to start with this. Oh, and by the way, to the end, we have a uh, Tim's temper tantrum. People seem to to like that. I think it's funny. It's just uh, uh, at the end, the last thing segment I'll talk about is just things that irritate me with what I do and mostly with the courts because uh, I, I have to get a release on that somehow. So, all right, I have to talk about paralegals only assisting one party. One of the consultations today, um, the gal said that I was the first person. She's obviously calling around, which is great. Do your due diligence. But she's called around and she's probably talked to three or four other people and prior to me, and every one of them said they would only be working with her and not both spouses. And it, 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 it bears to be repeated that I honestly don't see how you can get your divorce done when you are working by with a paralegal service and then your spouse has to go get a separate paralegal service or an attorney. I don't understand the mindset. I don't know how they can actually get your divorce case approved because here let me let me walk you through this what i see so am i blurry no i'm good what i see is let me give you an example of what that looks like you hire the paralegal they they file your petition then they have to serve your spouse they're probably going to do it by mail i would imagine if you're amicable the spouse gets their paperwork has had no communication with this paralegal service 
calls the paralegal service, says, hey, I received the paperwork. What do I do? Oh, I can't help you. I'm helping your wife. You need to go get help elsewhere. Okay. So now th that this, this say the gentleman goes and gets a, their own service and they're going to say, you need to do a res response. You don't have to. It's amicable. They could be totally amicable. This couple I talked or the guy I talked to yesterday or today was completely amicable. And but it was being told that these other services would only help with one spouse. This is going to extend the time frame. It's going to extend the process. It's going to extend the cost because now the you know the other paralegal firms just say, well, you guys you need to file a response, and you don't. So I had to this consultation. I had to really spend some time. It's like 30 minutes into a 15-minute consultation to explain the benefits of having one person involved as a neutral third party as opposed to getting independent um, people to work for. I don't know if the game is that they end up referring to another company to handle the other spouse, but I'll tell you, the fees that these folks are charging, they're charging exactly what I'm charging or more to do half the paperwork. doesn't make any sense to me. So. I think that was one of, one of Tim's temper tantrums last week. I have something else for you uh, today. Okay, so I had two calls this week that, well, today's Tuesday. Today, Tuesday? I had two calls today where they the parties had uh, thought that their divorce had not been finalized and they had already been remarried. I haven't talked about this in a while. I used to talk about it a lot because it came up a lot and still does where people get remarried and then later realize that their divorce case, one of the spouses was never uh, finalized. So I got a call, I got two calls. They're in a panic saying, I just realized I'm not married because my spouse's uh, divorce from 30 years ago was apparently never went through because there's no evidence of the divorce filing. So first thing I said was, where are you checking? They said, well, we're checking with the court where the uh, case was filed or that we think it's filed and nothing's coming up online. I will tell you this. I worked for the, the self-help center for LA County um, for the, for the courts probably going to, it was probably 13 years ago now. And back then, so this would have been, well, we're 2023. So call it 2010 for argument's sake. They were still just getting at that point, getting into the being, having, you know, online access to things even then, but when people would come in to try and find their old divorce case, it, it was going to be in one of two locations. If it, if it was pre-computers and it would either be on microfilm or microfish and whatever the difference is, and, or it would be in a book, like a literally a, uh, a, a giant log book. that was probably two feet tall by, you know, a foot wide and this giant book, the, the entries were handwritten. It was kind of impressive. They were handwritten uh, in the book. So if you want evidence, there was no copies of anything. They didn't have th the copies that went that far back, but you could see the entry, you know, someone was, you know, that's when people would write, had perfect penmanship and they'd say, you know, FL 100 filed on this date. It was kind of crazy. So at the end of the day, this, this client's divorce case was finalized. It just wasn't accessible online they had to go into the court and find they found it on microfilm and were able to make a copy that way the other clients were not so lucky they had started a case thought they finished it and it was never finalized now i want to talk about what that does to your existing marriage so let me set it up for you again you or your spouse thought you got divorced started the process and it never got finalized you went ahead and get remarried and then at some point in the marriage realized it had the divorce, the prior divorce had not taken effect. It does not automatically make your current marriage void. 
It makes your current marriage voidable, meaning if you were the spouse that just found out that your spouse was never divorced, you could file um, a, a request to have the divorce, uh, the marriage um, annulled due to pre-existing marriage, but you'd have to go through a legal process to do that. So I haven't talked about this in a long time. We used to handle a lot of these cases. I haven't had one come up in a while, but all we have to do is go in and finalize that divorce that was fi initially filed however many years before you got remarried and handle that divorce case. The only problem that can arise with those is trying to find out where the other spouse is if you've kind of lost communication, which is possible, I suppose, or likely if you've already gotten remarried, you're probably not having everyday communication with that person unless maybe you had kids or some other tie um, in, you know, with them. So, but all we have to do is finalize the case. Um, we don't, it doesn't mean you are not actually married or invalid marriage or anything like that. So you can just relax. Okay, now I want to talk about quadros and how they're actually divided. If you have a pension, 401k, 403b, TSP, deferred comp, any type of company-sponsored plan, and you are going to be dividing that, like your spouse, or you might be receiving each other's community property interest due to the length of marriage from the date of marriage to date of separation, the way that's done is through a quadro. And we do a ton of them. We also provide that service. It's in addition to the divorce process. It's a, it's a quadro service that we offer. And we do that generally once your divorce is finalized and the orders are in with the court and you're, it's totally final. You don't have to, but that's generally what we're doing. Some people will wait several years to do them. We'll do, we'll do quadros for people who did their divorce years ago, maybe with us, maybe not. And then they'll come back and say, either I'm getting ready to close to retirement or something's happened and then we want to start the quadro. So that's the only way that that can be done is through the quadro process. It allows money to be moved from your, your or your spouse's account into another account of like type account without any taxes, not being considered a distribution and so forth. Then once you have the money, you can do what you want and you know suffer the consequences of withdrawing if that's what you're gonna do. Most people will keep that as their individual retirement. Okay, next subject. The people, you people, <laughs> you people doing your own divorce case. So I, uh, when you have ultra complicated, uh, assets, you know, tons of assets, tons of pensions. I think I talked about this last week, but this is a new person I talked to today who I'd spoken with apparently six months ago. She said, Hey, we talked six months ago. We went and actually have tried to do our own divorce and we're having trouble. No kidding. It's, it's problematic. And I'm not making fun of you guys. And for some reason you've decided you want to try and do it on your own. It might look easy. Again, I always tell you half my business that comes to me is, is folks that uh, were taking over their case. You hear me talking about all these rejected judgments. These are people that tried to do their own divorce and finally threw in the towel and said, Tim, you know, you're right. Take over our case. And we're usually able to get them finalized relatively quickly. So not only do these people have um, several accounts of uh, pensions and deferred comp that needed to be divided. They had spouse support. They had children. They had, they're trying to do child support. And they've already made so many mistakes. And they're, they're dealing in the next topic is they kind of flows into the next topic of dealing with the self-help center. The self-help centers will help you, but they're doing it through a series of classes and they're two to three months out and you have to attend three different classes. So they have class one where you go in and do the petition and summons and walk you through that. And then you, once that's filed, then you can move on and make an appointment for the next class two to three month wait period for that, get in there, do the financial disclosures. And that's where they were at. And they were trying to work in November, early November, 
and they're going in to um, submit uh, a request for help with their settlement agreement. And they said it wouldn't be until January. So that's a solid three months. And what I told them, I said, look, first of all, and she had said that her husband had already filed a response. Totally amicable. They just wasted $435 on the response. So they're trying to, let's say their 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 uh, motivation for doing it themselves is to save money. Well, they're not doing that because they paid twice the amount of court fees. You know, we do the default with written agreement, so you don't pay the response fee. But the 435 that's nothing. How much time have they been spending going down to court multiple times? It's, first of all, it's already been six months and their divorce isn't done. I would have had their divorce finalized in five weeks. They're, they spent money on court fees, money on gas, wasted time, you know, down at the courthouse, frustration dealing with the bureaucracy of that. I don't get it. I said, you must like punishment is what I told her. But uh, I offered to take over a case. I told her about the concerns of her, you know, at this point, um, you know, now with all the, the pensions and so forth, that ha- the language has to be very specific on the settlement agreement because the the quadro, the, the qualified domestic relation order, which is what we talked about, quadro to divide the pensions, that follows whatever the judgment says. If the judgment is wrong or you word it wrongly regarding the division of the pensions, then your quadros are not going to go through either. So we talked about self-help center. We, by the way, I had someone not argue with me, but wondering why, how we don't have to deal with the self-help center. The self-help center is there. This is with all courts. If you are need help with the forms, whatever, and like in LA County, it's a call center. It's terrible. Uh, most, some places are by email. We had a, a client that hired us uh, a week ago who said that they're, they get an auto response when they email self-help says, we'll respond to you in three weeks. Okay, good luck with that. We'd bypass the self-help center. We bypass the judge in that we are doing all your documentation. Consider us your 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 full service self-help center, independently owned, unaffiliated with the court to bypass and streamline your divorce case. So that's that's how we operate. We don't have to go through the self-help. We don't have to get advice from them. In fact, they won't even talk to us anyways. We go straight to the judicial assistant who's and when we submit your judgment, that's going to be reviewed and approved. Okay, I want to talk about a better way to serve your spouse better than certified mail. So if you have your spouse is out of state and you want to serve them, you'll, you'll, there's different options. One is by certified mail, but you can also use that notice and acknowledgement of receipt. And that's what we use with all our cases. Like our clients never get served. In fact, they we don't even mail them anything. We upload the filed case to the portal. We're working with, with both spouses. Again, here's another benefit of working with us because we do work with both of you is once the case is filed, we prepare this notice of an acknowledgement form. We upload it to the portal. You electronically sign it saying you know to, you, you acknowledge receiving a copy of the filed case. There, you've been served. If you're out of state, doesn't matter. We still use a notice and acknowledgement. People tend to use that certified mail um, way of serving, and that's only really necessary if your spouse won't sign the notice and acknowledgement. So, But in those cases, that, that certified mail process of serving your spouse is very tricky with the court because if they don't sign <clears throat> the actual you know receipt on that the the green uh, mail thing and you get that back then that doesn't count they can't if they never sign it if it just gets dropped off or goes to a PO box and it's not signed that doesn't count as being served you might as well just hire a process server at that point but if you're doing that you probably don't have an amicable divorce okay next comments here when one party has an attorney and you're self-represented, have an attorney just review the settlement agreement only. You don't have to retain them. So 
I had a call today and she said, my husband has, she actually said he has two attorneys. Never heard of that. Maybe it's a law firm and there's two attorneys at the law firm. That would make more sense now that I'm saying it out loud. But she's been self-represented the entire time, which that's fine. And she called me and said, Tim, <clears throat> I told them, excuse me. She said, I told them I want to draft her, that she wants to draft the settlement agreement because she doesn't want to be tricked by them preparing it and having some legalese that maybe she doesn't understand and then, um, you know, lose out on her rights or whatever. I said, well, first of all, you're not going to know how to prepare that correctly. And I go, second of all, if you pay me to do it, <clears throat> they're probably just going to go in and, and change it. Sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Told you those allergies. I warned you. So um, that said, I said, okay, you don't have to officially hire an attorney. Jeez. I said, you don't have to officially hire an attorney. Just take it to your attorney, um, take it to a attorney and have his attorney at their cost prepare the settlement agreement. Give them your terms in layman's terms or on a Word doc or whatnot. Say, draft the settlement agreement. Here's what I want. Assuming they're going to do that. And then once they draft it, take that to an attorney and you don't have to retain them. Just call let them know what you want to do. And they could probably handle a review of your judgment just on an hour or so consultation, have them review it, tell you the ins and outs, the, the good points, the bad points. And then you'll know if you've been duped or if they, if they drafted the settlement agreement like you wanted, and then you could be comfortable signing it. She was happy with that. I wouldn't have been the right person for that. I think she should get an attorney since the other <clears throat> spouse has an attorney to review the settlement agreement. All right. <clears throat> wow. <clears throat> struggling today. Okay. So talked about those old divorce cases already. Uh, microfish where I talked about that. I want to talk about this rejected judgment I worked on today. So the judgment package is a combination of forms in most cases, and it might be also a written settlement agreement. You're going to have the, um, the 180, the 170, the, the judgment forms of 343, like the spouse support order, 345, judgment order. And I want to talk specifically about spouse support and how you can cause a reject by not referencing the same thing on each of the forms. So on the, the 180, the 170, and the 343, the 343 specifically is the spouse support order. And it is what you're requesting. Is there spouse support? Yes or no. If so, how much? Are you reserving jurisdiction? Are you terminating? That's where all the details of the spouse support order go in. But the 170 and the 180 um, also reference the 343. So like on the 180, there, you have, the boxes have to match. So here's how this went. The 343, the petitioner was going to be receiving spouse support from the respondent. So when you do that, you want to terminate, usually you want to terminate jurisdiction to the paying spouse, to the respondent. Well, on their 180, it, you have to mark the same thing. Terminate to on the spouse support section on page two of the 180, terminate spouse support to respondent, and then based on a written agreement. The written agreement is referring to the one or to the 343. Same thing for the 170. The 170 has a section on spouse support, and you also have to make that match. So all three of those forms need to say jurisdiction terminated to respondent based on a written agreement. What they're doing is they were marking, they were leaving it off on one, not saying to terminate to respondent. So it didn't match the 343. 
And on the 180, it actually said terminate to both. So just the courts are like, what do you want here? You have, you see in the spouse port, but now you're saying it's terminated um, to both. And here you're seeing it's just terminated to uh, respondent. So that all has to match up. And just that's all it is little check boxes that can throw your whole judgment uh, out for being rejected. And it can get confusing. So, because I had actually call them and say, are you, it looks like there's spouse support, but you're also saying it's terminated to both. And then you're saying it's terminated to him. What do you really want to do here? Okay. Last section here, Tim's temper tantrum. This is me actually being mad, right? Not that mad. Why does it take the court so long to mail paperwork, filed paperwork after they've processed it? So we filed a document with, who is this with? Sam Rodino last month and we mailed it out and we got it back a month later, but it was filed three weeks ago. It actually got filed two days after we mailed it in, which, okay, amazing. But why did it take almost four weeks to get in the mail? Not, why? Who, so someone stamped it and then put it in a, a pile. What does it go to the mail room? I don't know how that county works, but it's just incredible the amount of time it takes to get a single document back after it's been processed. So the processor, the clerk stamping and, you know, with the stamp and making whatever, but it takes four weeks to <clears throat> get uh, stuff it, a copy in an envelope. Only thing I can think of is that there's, they're, they have to scan um, the original into their system, but they keep the original. So there's no reason to delay mailing the copy because we have to provide all the copies. We have original and copy. They stamp both of them. They keep the original and mail us the copy. Why does it take so long? That's, that was what was frustrating uh, today because it really delays us being able to finalize your divorce case for all these counties that we cannot, <clears throat> we cannot e-file anything. Like we just took a case uh, yesterday, Solano County. They don't have, they don't even come up on the e-file system all by mail. It just really drags out the process. At least with some courts, or I'd say 80% of them, they'll allow us to at least file the petition. So within a few days, we'll get the uh, case filed. Um, I have a Sacramento case or, or San Francisco. I can't remember. We mailed out three weeks ago. We sent it certified, you know, not certified, but we sent it priority mail. So we get evidence. It gets here in two days. I still don't have it back. So we're just waiting to get that back because I can't prep anything until we have the case number and we know the date it was filed <clears throat> and all of that good stuff. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, the Daily Perspective episode 22 today. I'm sorry for coughing on you and we will see you tomorrow. You have a great day. And if you're looking for help with your divorce, 